Welcome to Sustainability Podcast. Our podcast brings you interviews with innovative pioneers, change makers, young leaders, social workers, academicians and industry thought leaders related to the field of sustainable supply chain. Our goal is to provide sustainability professionals, young managers, academicians and anyone who is eager to make a sustainable impact and I'm your host Vishali Beth. Today our guest is Stephen Hever. He is head of the corporate responsibility division at Evonik Industries AG. After joining Evonik, he was initially responsible for the internal communications and group media department and later for the corporate communications and board office division. Evonik Industries AG is an industrial corporation headquartered in Essen in Germany, the largest specialty chemicals company in the world, owned by RAG Foundation. It was created on 12 September 2007 as a result of restructuring of the mining and technology group RAG. Evonik Industries employ about 33,000 people and carries out activities in more than 100 countries. Interesting fact about Evonik, they are the main sponsor of German football club Borussia Dortmund. Stefan has supported the integration of Degusa AG as well as the realignment and IPO of the resulting Evonik Industries AG. He has worked for the Dusseldorf-based communication consulting Deckling Identity and Change for 6 years where he acted as consultant to various companies in the communication of complex change processes. Currently, he is also a member of the advisory council Sustainable Finance of the German government and member of the board of German Global Compact Network. Today Stefan will be sharing with us about the 2020 plus sustainable strategy of Evonik and talk about the unique Evonik innovation hub which focus on long term R&D and business application. Let's welcome Stefan. Stefan thanks so much for joining us today in Sustainability Podcast. Pleasure. So my first question sustainability is a global topic today. What does it mean for Evonik as a specialty chemicals company? For um, chemicals companies and for Evonik in particular, uh, sustainability is a growth driver, or better, it has turned into a growth driver over the years. Because if you imagine, maybe five years back, most of uh, our chemical peers and ourselves, we would have just focused on our footprint, the company's footprint, and um, matters of efficiency and production. today things change because all this still is part of our license to operate but what has become more interesting is the hand print of our product in the applications on the market and we see that this turns in an, into big uh, business opportunities and maybe evonic already have 2020 sustainability strategy but what is new about this 2020 plus sustainability strategy or what is different from 2020 strategy Uh, maybe the uh, the the central point here is that we um, just integrated sustainability deeper into our overall strategy and not just leaving it on the fringes of business like saying we want to be a good corporate citizen and we are compliant with regulations that's one thing and here is our business uh, this is something else 
But we try to take sustainability to the core of what we're doing, meaning that we um, integrated uh, sustainability analysis of our portfolio, trying to not just make transparent what part of our products have a, a special sustainability benefit, but also um, getting a grip on, on the test to further steer the portfolio more mm. towards sustainability, to learn more about um, the ratio between the most sustainable products mm. and the, the most profitable products. That's mm. uh, one thing. Um, second part here is that we deepened our understanding of uh, the environmental targets um, for the time the period between 2012 and 2020 mm -hmm. was uh, specific targets. Mm -hmm. So we just uh, said that we will lower our um, emissions, for example, um, um, about 12% until 2020, which were specific emission reductions. Now for the period until 2025, it's all about absolute emission reductions. And we committed ourselves to uh, bringing down emissions um, by 50%. Uh, on the baseline of uh, 2008 in absolute numbers. In absolute In absolute numbers. numbers. And what was the learning for you from the last strategy you implemented? The, the major learning was that you should just not overpromise, but you should be uh, very clear about your own targets. Um, and if you talk about ambitions, you should make clear that you can deliver. This is why we chose this relatively short um, target um, point of 2025, not 2030 mm. or 2040 or something, because we will do things step by step and only just promise what we know that we can deliver in that point of time. And how do you imbibe these strategies into every employee's maybe KPIs? There are three levers that we have in a company, which is um, incentives, mm -hmm. which is investments, mm -hmm. and which is innovation. Mm -hmm. Those uh, three parts of it and each and every thing, single one of this was uh, reviewed separately. For the incentive part, for example, besides um, individual incentives, um, we installed an internal price on carbon mm -hmm. um, just as an extra crit criteria for investment decisions, which was an important point. Given the um, innovation processes uh, in the company, we uh, for some times already We installed a, a program called I2P Power 3, mm. uh, Idea to People, Planet, Profit, making sure that uh, sustainability is taken into account from the very start of the innovation process already. Okay. And um, yeah, for the um, investment point, that goes very closely together with uh, yeah, the internal carbon price and uh, having a closer view on the sustainability impacts be it positive or negative, of um, uh, products and investments that we do. So you have already mentioned about innovation. Is it like innovation is a critical part of your strategy from business as well as sustainability point of view? Absolutely. I mean, um, innovation and sustainability together are so closely linked because almost every innovation that we talk about here or that um, that we do is about getting more from less input, you know, yes. better results mm -hmm. um, by uh, lower input of resources. And um, so I guess you can talk about sustainability or really manage sustainability without improving your uh, innovation processes. Uh, that's one aspect. The other is that being a specialty chemicals company, uh, innovation is at the very core of our processes. Yes. So it's not about bulk materials, but it's about small volumes with a high impact. 
and with a very concrete, um, you know, um, goal as well for the new target, um, new products that we have in the market. In our case, we said midterm, uh, we want to have um, a ratio of about 16% of sales by uh, new products younger than five years. Okay. Showing that you can tr translate this in concrete figures as well. So even your budget for innovation strategy has increased over the years? Um, Maybe not in absolute figures, but I mean it's um, our it's the, the, this is three percent of the overall um, sales, which is pre pretty good number, mm -hmm. um, and it has stayed stable on a very high level. Okay. So mm -hmm. for um, last year it was four hundred sixty million um, this budget. So that's uh, money that you can really do some good things with. Great. And Ivonic has employees from all over the world. How do you ensure that sustainability is implemented and experienced in the same way in all countries? And um, I believe Ivonic is uh, operating in more than, more than 100, 100 countries. countries. Where we definitely are a global company. I am not exactly sure if it's necessary that all uh, employees have the exactly the same understanding of mm -hmm. sustainability. What uh, we try to make sure is that we have Uh, certain standards mm -hmm. that are shared wherever you are globally. Uh, we have different platforms like, um, uh, you know, to take this down the supply chain like with Together for Sustainability. But then I guess um, what we really care for is our proximity to markets, uh, making people listen to customer needs. And if you do this, then the understanding of uh, sustainability may be quite different uh, from China to India to Europe or to the US. And that's not a bad thing. So we not necessarily look for everybody and every employee having the same understanding, mm -hmm. but we are looking for um, channels and the right ways that um, people can give their input into a shared management of sustainability. So do you have a platform where everyone can share their views or maybe any kind of ideas for uh, sustainability? I mean, there is a lot around in, in terms mm -hmm. of um, sharing ideas, developing new processes, things, and you know, digital platforms for mm -hmm. that. Maybe the um, the main thing that we have is that we um, we made sustainability management a part of our corporate structure and the governance process. Mm -hmm. And there is a corporate sustainability sustainability board that we have mm -hmm. with members from all operational units and central functions. And this is where we bring all those ideas together okay. and on for the for the uh, regional platforms and the different countries this input is organized uh, via the uh, the region platforms and okay. so it's making sure that all mm -hmm. those voices are heard then going into the growing economies how you are extending these efforts of sustainable development in growing economies maybe if you have some example i mean the first thing is that you have to know about the effects you have with Uh, your business and with your product. So um, the first thing that we did to make sure that we can develop this further was a question, how do we make those impacts measurable? And we just installed, that's part of this latest um, uh, sustainability mm -hmm. strategy, 2020 plus. Um, we took this analysis of our portfolio down on a, um, uh, on a park level, which means product, application, region, combination. So we just uh, categorized our whole portfolio mm -hmm. into a number of those parks, mm -hmm. looking at a specific product and a specific application in a specific region. 
and then uh, you know um, calculating the uh, the positive and the negative impacts. Um, and once you have a classification like this, which is you know like on your fridge from A double plus to D, such a such category, mm. categories, um, then it makes uh, it easier to set really specific goals. Today already we can say that 50% of our uh, sales are um, done by pro uh, products that have a specific um, advantage in uh, terms of uh, resource efficiency. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do in the future is to, you know, do the next steps and uh, steering the portfolio even further uh, towards uh, products with a positive impact. impact. That's a simple yes. task to do. Great. And maybe uh, there is Evonik Strategic Innovation Unit called CRIVIS. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about this unit? CRIVIS is a bit of the, you know, um, the center of creativity for the long-term, mid- mm -hmm. and long-term uh, research and development part. I mean, a lot of, about 90% of research and development is done in the operational businesses themselves. And a lot of it is, it is incremental um, um, uh, innovation um, done very closely together with customers or business partners, which is great. Mm -hmm. But you need one uh, place in the company where you do all the long-term stuff and the long-term visionary thinking. And this is what Creavis uh, does. So Creavis is kind of an inspiration mm -hmm. to the operational um, businesses, but not only just doing the vision then, but trying to transfer those uh, long-term projects and into business-related and market-related projects. And innovation projects that have a cross-organizational character or build competency for Evonik are processed in the project houses of mm -hmm. Previs. Can you maybe explain or give some more information? Which are these different houses mm -hmm. you have in Previs? Um, maybe first of all, there are project houses and there are innovation fields. Innovation fields are the, the fields that we focus on, mm -hmm. which are right now uh, food solutions, care, direct manufacturing, membranes, feed, in, uh, feed ingredients, medical devices, sustainable energy solutions. That's the you know, target areas that we look at. If there, is, if there are more specific ideas, then this may turn into a project house. Um, meaning that uh, in a cross-functional way, we bring people together with different competencies from the company for three years to develop a certain idea further. And after three years, then translate this into um, business routines or give it back to the operation, uh, operative units. That's a basic idea. Um, so from those different um, innovation fields, we have a vast range of different topics over the past. Right now, the youngest one is... Uh, The latest was uh, medical devices mm -hmm. in Birmingham, uh, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And uh, the youngest one is uh, tissue engineering in, in Singapore. Okay. So that's about uh, medical applications and quite visionary questions as well, uh, like um, will it one be day be possible to print a human heart? Yeah. Yeah, can you um, build a 3D print uh, a biological mm -hmm. structures? Um, so very concrete question then. So is it like these houses are inspired more from the customer demand side? 
Um, the customer demands, and that's, a, that's an important point, but it's if you focus, if you have those focus areas uh, with our innovation fields, if you see that there is a, a business acumen maybe in the mm -hmm. future, if you see that there is a stronger market need, if you see that um, it's not just a very long-term thing to do, but things are applicable, then um, that's what it takes to build such a project house, yes. And maybe some of the house which you can see it materialize into commercial use, maybe uh, in future, which one you think can be one? I hope, uh, I mean, at the end, every project house that we have yes. has a business impact in the end, mm -hmm. and you can never uh, directly transfer this into sales. Mm -hmm. But um, given, uh, for example, a project house like, um, like tissue engineering, if you see the needs in the medical sector, mm -hmm for new technologies here. And um, I guess it's quite a good chance mm. to get a good way forward. But if you want a concrete business perspective, mm. that's a little vague telling now from the start. The point is, it is applicable, it's doable. Mm. And um, from that point on, it takes three years to say, okay, what could be a concrete business application then? Okay. And you maybe uh, just touched upon sustainable solution energy house. Yes. Maybe right. can you shed some more light on this project? Yeah. I mean, um, that's uh, sustainable energy solutions. That's one of the definitely biggest um, questions um, to be answered in our mm -hmm. societies, wherever you go today. And um, so this is about chemicals and materials for next generation um, energy uh, supply and energy management. So, for example, um, energy storage or energy uh, conversation, yeah, uh, conversion. Um, things like uh, thermal insulation materials, for example, or uh, materials with improved um, heat transfer, which are uh, highly needed. Mm -hmm. um, supply of electri uh, electrical energy or other energy sources like hydrogen, everything in this area, that's uh, what we focus on here. But this is not a project house yet. That's, a, you know, one of those innovation uh, focal points and fields. And is it like done by Ivonic or you're doing with collaboration with maybe some universities or startups? That, I mean, it's mainly done by Ivonic, mm -hmm. um, but we're always hoping for partners and we are, um, we're used to partnering with others in the course of any project because it's part of our um, corporate philosophy to do so. You know, not just doing research and development in a separate room, a laboratory Silos, somewhere, yeah. but together with customers, together with mm -hmm. uh, academia and other partners. So, um, yes. We do so, but at least um, it's quite important that it remains at least in, uh, you know, an, an Evonik project. And maybe let's go to the future. How will you imagine a company be defined in the future by its product or by the origin of its product? I'm, I, I guess in the future, you won't necessarily um, differentiate between products and the, the sources. But I guess if we um, get into a future that is more circular, where we can mm -hmm. close the loops in a way, a future in which more and more products will turn into services, um, then it, it, it will be harder to differentiate between the product or the, the source of the products. And uh, this means that you have to be even more careful 
um, caring for sustainable uh, sustainability matters along the whole supply and value chain. And you just touched upon an important topic of circular economy. So maybe just Evonik is also active in this area right now and they are looking for opportunities, how to close the loop. Right, in many ways. In many ways. One example is, you know, uh, artificial photosynthesis. We have this uh, mm-hmm. shared project together with Siemens. Mm-hmm. Another good example that we uh, like partnering up uh, with yeah. others. And um, in this uh, project, Siemens um, does a part of uh, electrolyzer. Mm-hmm. And we do the part of uh, fermentation mm-hmm. to get something out of it, like artificial mm-hmm. photosynthesis. This would be one of those breakthrough technologies that you um, could focus at. Um, many others are in the fields of, you know, um, materials and technologies and, um, you know, polymers to uh, recycle and to close the loop in, together with our customers here. Interesting. And maybe when we are talking about innovations, does it come from inside Evonik or from consultants or maybe from some outside groups? How do you collaborate? Um, not from consultants, mm-hmm. which I guess would not make sense. And that's no different if you look at Devonic or other companies, I guess. the It, it must be in a way intrinsic. Um, so maybe a consultant would be the wrong part. What, what is important at least is this outside in view. So customers, for example, or um, collaboration with peers or with partners along the value chain, all this stuff brings up, um, you know, new or triggers um, new innovations in the company. Some of it, and most of it, as said, being more incremental. It's not always uh, the the big breakthrough uh, innovations, but in most cases, it's just, you know, the smallest steps that do a pretty good job. And mostly, this comes from the outside world because it um, has a prerequisite that you listen quite well to what people really need. And from an internal uh, standpoint, you you don't know exactly what the market wants. Mm-hmm. That's something that you learn if you talk to people. If uh, you know the our operational units uh, work um, closely together with their customers, that's how you learn about needs, not just being somewhere isolated. Great, and it's no surprise in today's world, all the large multinational corporations are paying increased attention to sustainability-oriented innovations. Mm-hmm. What sustainability-oriented innovation culture will look like in the future for you? Innovation culture will be much more collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I guess, uh, again, to put it this way, we'll have bigger ears and a smaller mouth. It will, will not always just uh, tell what it can do, but it will listen very careful to what the market needs. I guess it takes a lot more of openness than in the past, where you may have focused on just a, on a very scientific kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's going to be more social or very you know everyday life problem that we have to be to listen to or that we have to uh, take into account. Um, it will take a lot, lot more of trustfulness because you have to share your knowledge with much more different stakeholders than you did in the past. Uh, just for the sake that you co- cooperate with uh, with uh, different peoples and actors in, on this field here, on this um, in this arena, and um, 
the last point here, maybe, you know, a certain, you know, better performance orientation, always taking yes. into yeah. account that yeah. uh, you need a good business acumen to mm -hmm. really bring innovation to life, to not just stick with the idea, but to really um, bring something to the market that uh, changes people's lives for better. Maybe the last question, what's your piece of advice for the young innovators of today? Share, share your knowledge. <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely yes. uh, maybe the, the most important um, point here. Um, listening pays off. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, get your inspiration from from people around you and look very closely at their needs. And um, I mean, something that has not changed over the years, be persistent. You know, a good idea does not break through in just one step. It takes a, mm -hmm. a bit longer, mostly. Thank you. Thanks so much, Stefan, for your time today. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. That's it from this episode from Sustainability. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, ideas, questions or any suggestions for our next guest, please email them to us. If you like our episode, we will be happy to see you subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Till then, happy sustainability.